following program is brought to you in living color on NBC. Hey, where y'all at? It is a thrill. I love this show. You're telling me a big fat lot. I was hoping for funny crazy. I will get on stage on Broadway and I will reenact the rantings of Charlie Sheen one day. Think you can replace me with some other guy? Go ahead. It won't be the same. Tis mightiest in the mightiest. Do not bring Shakespeare into this. You're so smart. Oh, really? Well, so are you. And yes, the rumors are true. They smoke, they drink, they use bad language in mixed company. They're extremely rich and they can flash more bling than most posses in this room. I know exactly who that is. That's the mother that loses every goddamn game. That's Kirk Cousins. <laughs> Get rid of him. Wow. Bros, come on. I love you, bros. Does everybody have to be crazy today? Now get me, Savior! Phillips crisscrosses through center with Milano. Sonny on the go. Milano, Saucer passes a beauty. Score! Matthew Phillips burns the hand that used to beat him. Right. Closing McMichael. Snapshot. Score! Tied up at two. Middles in. Huberdeau forehand carry to his backhand. Stopped. Darcy Kemper. Slammed the five-hole shot. Bottom of the third, Kadri against Kemper. Nazem Kadri angles in, picks up speed. Off the post! Washington gets the win in the shootout 3-2. That was a neat little celebration at the end by Kemper. It looked like baby powder. I'd say you're right there, Craig Laughlin. Welcome to the show, everybody. It's the Bob Matthews Podcast. We're delighted that you are along with us here on the Hockey Podcast Network. The Capitals get into the win column for the very first time this season. Even their record at 1-1, one one, a shutout loss to Pittsburgh, opening night last Friday, now a win over Calgary in a shootout. And tonight, as we record this, they are on their way to play the Ottawa Senators. We have got... Some post-game comments from you. We'll talk uh, for you, rather. We're going to talk with Connor McMichael and Matthew Phillips in just a couple of minutes. First, though, you want a little bit of uh, instant reaction. Well, good on him for getting win number one of the year. But uh, we've got both. I think there's both good and bad that came out of it. And unfortunately, I got to start with the bad, and that's that these offensive struggles that we saw last year continuing. If you remember last year, and I don't know how many times we said it, but it seemed like after almost every loss of the season, we said the same thing. Great effort between the pipes by either Charlie Lindgren or Darcy Kemper, or uh, but not enough offense to do the job. There were very, very few games last year where either one of the goalies were blown out. The problem was Caps couldn't score any goals. Uh, and as we come on the air today, they have two goals in two games. As a matter of fact, until Matthew Phillips broke the drought, they were going on uh, almost 80 minutes without scoring a goal. No, take that back. More than 80 minutes, going on almost 90 minutes before they scored a goal this season. Now, that's got to change. And I know you've got, it's a brand new system that Spencer Carberry is putting in. But through the preseason, they looked good. Alex Ovechkin also not getting a lot of shots off. In fact, he hasn't officially gotten a shot on goal yet this year. Hopefully that changes against the Ottawa Senators. Uh, I was listening to Carberry 
on with the sports junkies earlier today, and he said if you're you know worried about the fact that they were outshot 18 to three in the first period, said that's it's a little bit unique when you play Calgary because that's what the Flames do. They put every puck that they can on goal. That's their uh, that's their strategy is to try and outshoot you. You figure if they do outshoot you more often than not, that's going to result in a goal. And hey. Calgary was a good team last year, so Capitals getting a win early on against a quality opponent. One of the other things that I liked from Monday night was the fact that it was a couple of the kids that got the goals. You know, it wasn't the veteran lines that were that were pulling their fat out of the fire. Matthew Phillips uh, got the game's first goal. Connor McMichael, the second one that tied it up. Uh, and then Evgeny Kuznetsov won it in the shootout. But I think that's important that it was Phillips and McMichael getting the early goals. McMichael especially. I mean, this is this is a now or never year for him. He's got to prove that he belongs in the NHL. I wanted him to get off to a quick start this year, and at least through two games he has. He was really active against Pittsburgh, I thought. Again, it's, it's how many times do you hear his name called by Joe B when he's doing play-by-play? And you, you know, Phillips especially. I mean, my God, the kid played his way onto the roster this preseason. And McMichael, too, I noticed that when he was in there, you were hearing his name called a lot. Man, he was getting the puck and doing something with it. So I think that's a very good thing that you're seeing those two kids getting into the action early. Hopefully that continues. All right, let's take you into the locker room, your exclusive locker room access. We are going to start with Matthew Phillips. Again, kid is 5'7 and 140 pounds sopping wet, I think. But as I said, has played his way onto this roster and keeps just making play after play after play. Great for him to get the first goal of his career against Calgary. If you haven't heard by now, he was in the Calgary organization for like six years. I think he played a total of three NHL games. Now here it is, first time he sticks with an NHL club out of training camp and his first ever NHL goal against the former team that wouldn't give him a shot. Uh, feels pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. <laughs> it's, a, it's a pretty cool moment and something that I've done in my head about a million times. So to actually do it, is, uh, it, it feels pretty awesome. The golf game seemed to help out. It was a bit of a chip. Yeah, I, a I guess so. Yeah, yeah. It's about a 60 degree, I think. <laughs> I would think that it does. So congratulations to Matthew Phillips for that first goal. Also big in that game, Darcy Kemper. Kemper, remember, missed opening game because of the birth of his first uh, child. Congratulations to him. Uh, but stood on his head. 38 goals. Or, uh, sorry, 38 saves out of 40 shots on goal last night. That was huge. And again, what did we see last year? Great goaltending, not enough offense. Just enough offense, though, uh, against Calgary. Connor McMichael, the goal that scored, that tied the game up, uh, a sweet pass from Sonny Milano. Again, that line, Milano, McMichael, and Phillips, has played really, really well the first two games. We talked to Connor after the game about uh, both that goal and getting the first win. Yeah, it was huge. Um, obviously, coming off that first game, it's not at all what we wanted, and um, that first period wasn't what we wanted as well. So um, I think that we came out pretty strong in the second, and we started generating chances and getting more shots on net, and I think that was the big key for us. I think the key thing was just trying to get more pucks on net and attack the middle of the ice. I think 
after the first period, we might have had like three or four shots or something like that. So, uh, yeah, I think it was just more so getting into the dirty areas and, and creating more chances. Spencer Carberry also saying earlier today that you might see the lines a bit shuffled tonight uh, up in uh, in Ottawa against the Senators. All right, we got to take a break. When we come back, switch gears. Time to talk commanders. Scott Allen of the Washington Post joins us. We got to do a little hail or fail and put the Falcons' win to rest and get ready for the Giants game this weekend. It's next here on the Bob Matthews Podcast right here on the Hockey Podcast Network. The NFL season is going strong in DraftKings Sportsbooks, hooking up new customers with an offer that's even stronger. Bet $5 on any game this week and score $200 instantly in bonus bets. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of a sweetener offer Every single game during October. So if you want a little extra this weekend between the Commanders and the Giants, you figure this time around the Commanders are going to put them to bed, put their foot on their neck, make all the covers that you need. Well, you can do it. Again, if you want. This is not, repeat, not advice on how you should wager. I just want you to know that. Get in on game day greatness. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code THPN. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets when you bet five on the NFL. That's code THPN only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, licensed partner, Golden Nugget, Lake Charles, Louisiana. 21 and up, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, as well as terms of responsible gaming resources. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Let's bring him on in. He is our personal MVP here on the show, Scott Allen of the Washington Post. He writes the weekly hail or fail column when it comes to these commanders, and he joins us now. How are you, Scott? Good to talk to you again. Good to talk to you as well, Bob. Thanks a lot for having me. I'm doing uh, pretty well here. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Let's jump into it. Uh, we say, uh, we've say we been saying through the show, you know, they're not going to get a whole lot of style points for uh, last Sunday. But, you know, the no. top line is is what's important. And they got the win. They're three and three. Um, what did you think of it overall? Yeah, I think uh, Coach Ron Rivera kind of said it best. It was an ugly road win. And, you know, road wins can be hard to come by in the NFL. You can ask the the Eagles and the 49ers, you know, the whole any given Sunday thing. And if you're Washington, I, I mean, a lot of things to clean up. I thought, as I pointed out, the offense was just dreadful in the second half. Um, the defense gave up a lot of yards, but – but came up with those huge three turnovers. And if you're the commander, assuming three and three going into a game against the Giants is, is a whole lot better than than two and four. That's for sure. 
you watch uh, the games from from the newsroom there. Um, road games, obviously, I, I watch at home. There's, I think sometimes you can get uh, caught up and get kind of a different perspective with it when you're too close there at, on the field. But just your eye test, say, comparing this year to last year, um, do you see any difference, either you know, positive or negative, for this team overall? Do they seem to be going in the right direction? I think it's it's really hard to say because so much of the development this year and that next step is is centered around Sam Howell, who we you know last year cycling through Carson Wentz and and Taylor Heineke, you kind of knew what you had. Um, obviously Sam Howell getting that start in the final game of the season. And then so much of this year, week to week, even just what you're watching for is, okay, does he take a little step forward? You know, it's been not quite a roller coaster. He's been relatively steady this year with some outliers in there. Um, but week to week in terms of what I'm watching, so much of it is, is on Sam Howell in terms of, uh, and I think he has improved and, and, shown a lot of a lot of positive signs through six weeks one area that i would say seems to have regressed this year um is the defense and, and i know it wasn't great last year but just the number of of big plays that they've given up the the bears game still kind of fresh in my mind uh dj Moore running wild against them they're until last week when they or until sunday when they got those three takeaways they just haven't been that disruptive force that that they showed more of last year and that I think a lot of people expected them to be given how much draft capital they spent on on that defensive line yeah no you're I think you're absolutely right although you know the flip side of that I guess is there are some positive developments you know with depth um considering they're out a couple of guys on the back end and you know Jamin Davis who you mentioned in this week's Hale or Phil column you know, for a guy that got a lot of flack his first two years, he's quietly turning in a nice season this year. Yeah, absolutely. He's he's played a lot better this year. It was it was great to see him get that game ceiling interception, the first of his career on Sunday. Um, he's been solid. Um, you talked about the depth. Danny Johnson going in uh, at cornerback for um, for the rookie Emmanuel Forbes. He played really well. Had a key pass breakup. Um, Benjamin St. Juice with a, his first group pick in the end zone in a huge spot. So, yeah, you have guys stepping up because even though the Falcons are a, a run-heavy team, they had some success throwing the ball through the air, and Washington secondary was was depleted with with uh, Derek Forrest out. Um, so, yeah, it, it, the depth on the defense is there's, – there's no question about that. I mean, one other name we can throw in there, Casey Tuhill with the, with the huge two-sack game. We saw Montez Sweat – Missed a, a little bit of time uh, on Sunday with that with that thumb injury. Um, Washington was playing a lot of five man defensive fronts, um, so but great to see two he'll step up as well. Absolutely, we're talking with Scott Allen from the Washington Post. You mentioned in this week's column one of the fails that you put in there uh, was for field position, and unlike a lot of uh, a lot of uh, categories, sometimes. Um, this one, you kind of were able to blame both sides, right? Yeah. I mean, it was field position was such a, a key in this game because you look at Washington's touchdown drives. Um, they were 11 
27 and 52 yards. And one of those obviously set up by Jamison Crowder's um, punt return, 61-yard punt return. There was a turnover on downs near midfield by Falcons. Um, and then that Desmond Ritter interception, the first one of the game on the, the opening drive of the third quarter. And credit Washington with, with taking advantage of those short fields, which they haven't had a lot of this season because the, there haven't been a ton of takeaways. Um, those were the the first, second, and fifth shortest touchdown drives all season through six weeks for the team. Um, but yeah, and and the Falcons are to blame for you know putting their defense in tough spots. And you know one of the things I like to do with this hail or fail column is to kind of dig around in stat head, and it kind of struck me as looking at the final totals here. You had Washington, they gained 193 yards of total offense, which is which is pretty poor, but they still put up 24 points. And if you combine those things, the last time Washington scored at least 24 points while gaining fewer than 200 yards of offense, you've got to go back 30 years uh, to wow. another win, another win over the Falcons. So <laughs> field position was huge uh, on Sunday, and again, credit Washington for for taking advantage of of the short fields. And I think it probably was huge. The fact they played Atlanta, given that stat you just threw up there too. <laughs> yeah. Where, where do you think they go from there? I mean, what, what's the bottom line takeaway you think from week six? For, for Washington? Yeah. I think it, it means nothing if you come out and lose to the, to the giants. I mean, we talked about their three and three, Believe it or not, that's the best start through six games under Ron Rivera. His his teams, especially here in Washington, have started slow, and he's been able to, you know, get them to rebound and play well in that middle stretch to work them their way back into playoff contention. Um, yeah, I think the bottom line takeaway is you've got to build on this ugly road win, and if it's another ugly road win against the Giants, so be it. But you got to get over 500 heading into a, a tough game against the Eagles. Um, I, I think we talk a lot about, and he deserves credit for this, Ron Rivera getting his teams to bounce back after um, poor performances. But at some point, you've got to just avoid the poor performances to give yourself a chance to bounce back anyway. You'd rather just have you know, some steady performances through, not a 20-point home loss to the to the Bears as, as this team uh, faced going into Atlanta. Um, so, yeah, for me, individually, you want to see more development from, from Sam Howell, not holding on to the ball too long. A lot has been made of how often his, he's been sacked this year. And then team-wise, yeah, you, you've got to get – you've got to start stacking wins. Um, uh, and it's got to start this weekend in New York. I completely 100% agree with you. Hey, let's switch gears real quick. I didn't know that uh, this had happened, but uh, I guess uh, the Capitals shootout went over the uh, Calgary Flames on uh, on Monday night was was kind of historic because it it broke their sellout streak. How about that? I did not know that was that was around the corner there. What happened? Yeah, so the the home opener was regular season opener was last Friday, uh, a tough loss to the Penguins, and that was uh, the team's 588th consecutive home sellout, dating back to March of 2009. That's that's Ovi's fourth season in DC, kind of the early stages of the Rock the Red era, um, and it's a streak that the team uh, they they talked about it a bit. They'd mentioned in their game notes here and there when they hit kind of big milestones. Um, and then we asked about it last year, uh, my colleague Barry Sferluga, 
um, because, you know, obviously with the team struggling, they didn't make the playoffs last year, tons of empty seats, and and they were aggressively marketing single-game tickets. So he was kind of like, what's the deal here? Um, how can you be marketing single-game tickets and still claiming the sellout streak is going? And the cap said, you know, well, between like distribution to community groups and visiting team holds, um, the sellout streak was was technically still intact. But evidently, um, even with 90% season ticket holder retention uh, during the off season, it, it officially ended. The team acknowledged last night and that went over the flames. So for the first time in 14 years, um, we didn't have a sellout in, in Chinatown. I find it interesting that they were as transparent as mm-hmm. quickly as they were with Barry, considering the way uh, a certain football team kind of obfuscated the uh, <laughs> the sellout slash waiting list for tickets right. for so long. Right. I think, I mean, with all of these sellout streaks, they're, they're not, sellouts are not determined by some independent third-party arbiter, frankly, because they're just not that important. So the team is is announcing these and I think you've always got to kind of take them with a grain of salt and to your point yeah Washington's NFL team kept up that charade for for 50 years before finally admitting in in 2018 at the home opener that that this streak was done um but it's interesting in the NHL I mean credit to the caps you know you can question the legitimacy of it through last year but it did seem to survive COVID um you had the Penguins and the Blackhawks in the the first full season back after the coronavirus shortened season, um, they had streaks of 633 and 535 games respectively ended um, home sellout streaks for those franchises. And the Caps continued for another few years. Um, but finally, the you know, the struggles of the team and the rising prices to some extent, I think, caught up with them. And no doubt there will be people in the seats when when Ovi gets a little bit closer to Gretzky. But uh, for now, single game tickets available if you want to check out a Caps game. <laughs> I figure it's a sellout when you walk up to the box office and they don't have <laughs> anything for it. You know, to me, that's that right. means right. it's a sellout. <laughs> right. Scott, thanks so much for joining us. Before you go, let everybody know, where can they catch you on Twitter so they can uh, they can keep up with when the next Taylor Fail column drops? <laughs> yeah, no, thanks. Uh, at Scott S. Allen on X or Twitter, whatever you're calling it. Whatever the hell they call it these days. And I just joined Blue Sky, too. I haven't really uh, gotten into that too much yet, but the same handle at at Scott S. Allen over there and, and WashingtonPost.com. But thanks so much, Bob. Yeah, hey, we're breaking news. You joined Blue Sky. All right, we're the first <laughs> ones to report that. Wow, your ship's going to go through the roof. Scotty, thanks. <laughs> thanks as always. I appreciate it. We will talk to you soon. Sounds good, Bob. Anytime. Thanks. And that's going to do it for us. we got to get on out of here. Uh, but don't forget, Caps Senators coming up Wednesday night. That is followed by a trip to Montreal to play the Canadians. Commanders up at the Meadowlands with the Giants this weekend. We'll talk about it all next week. Have a great weekend. Remember, like the wise man once said, if you're on your bike tonight, as always, we're white. I was around when Jesus Christ had his moment of doubt and pain. Me damn sure the pilot washed his hands and sealed his face.